0: Person who has been torn apart by werewolves. Welcome to the Success Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical world of lean, Six Sigma, project management, and design thinking. In this episode number 187, be wary the werewolf. Where is he? Who is he? Who is next? Jacob and I refer to a game known as "Are You a Werewolf" as part of this year's Halloween special. If you're just tuning in for the first time, find all our back episodes on our podcast table of contents at e6s-methods.com. If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy; just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. Hey, Jacob, how are you? I'm good, Aaron. How are you doing, Jacob? I'm doing great.
1: Jacob,
2: what are you doing for Halloween? Uh, taking my son, trick or Mm-hmm. What's your son going to be? A butterfly. A butterfly. That's his wish. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That is not what I expected. Yeah, not neither did I, but <laughs> that's what he wants to be. So, uh, no werewolf for him? Negative. Negative. <laughs> Do you expect to see any, uh, scary things as, as you're out there? Things you have mm-hmm. to explain to him? I'm
1: sure. I think, but he doesn't care most of the cases. He just wants okay. the candy. Got it,
2: got it, got it. Have you ever met a werewolf? Uh, no. <laughs> Not even in your project meetings? Is that a real thing? Not even, no. <laughs> I don't <laughs> just, know. Just, just kidding. <laughs> uh, It depends on what your definition of
1: a werewolf or who your uh, definition of werewolf is.
2: Well, let's talk about the metaphorical werewolf and, okay. uh, uh, that comes along with this article. This article is by Michael Lopp, and he goes through this Essentially, this game that we're going to walk through called Are You a Werewolf, strangely enough. And uh, he actually walks through this article, which we'll have a link in the show notes, of how this game can sort of serve as a bit of a a microcosm for what it can be in a project or office situation. So in the office, Hmm. have you ever come across a werewolf? So maybe you should explain what a (laughs) werewolf
1: looks like or does. Is that the derailer? Is that the person who is hiding and pouncing when they get a chance? Um, you know, what do you consider? Who do you would you consider werewolves?
2: Right. So, I guess in the context of this, we it could be it could be those things. Basically, okay. it's somebody who's got a a hidden agenda that nobody else knows about, hmm. and they're keeping it silent to themselves, and they are the only one who knows that they are essentially against. What the rest of the group is trying to do, hmm. so yes, then I have encountered
1: a couple here and there,
2: yeah I'm so actually surprised to hear you say that because you're usually usually I'm the one who's talking about all the bad people in uh in and around a project, and you're usually the one who's saying, oh,
0: they're just uh, yeah, yeah. yeah i
2: I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm the eternal optimist in those cases, but I think <laughs> i can I can relate to a few people in that way
2: so how how did you how did you find out that they were a werewolf
1: uh very late in the process?
2: <laughs> and it hurt you, right? Yes. <laughs> that's exactly how I find them as well. <laughs> yeah. It's usually like, well, so why are they saying it this way? <laughs> oh,
1: that's why. <laughs> you know, it's one of those situations that yeah. I, get, I find them about it.
2: All right, so let's talk a little bit about the game. Uh, so the game is Are You a Werewolf? And if anybody has played the game Mafia, which I have not played either of these, so they're kind of interesting uh, Mafia was invented in 1986 by Dmitry Dev- Davidoff, Davidoff, uh professor and psychologist in Moscow, and it was sort of changed into this werewolf game by a gentleman named Andrew Plotkin. Uh, and you, there is actually a game you can purchase for $10. It's just a bunch of different cards uh, by Looney Labs, and I'll also keep a, uh, a link for that. Let me just start off with this. In the the article, the article is called A List Apart. If I move a muscle, I'm dead. Jane, who I'm pretty sure is a werewolf, is jumping from one player to the next, testing will and looking for weakness. She's looking for a sign of guilt or discomfort, and it's not just her. The room is full of people looking for someone to lynch. Hmm. So it's setting up this sort of ominous scenario where each person as part of the game they're they're in this bit of a struggle with, okay, I know somebody in this room is lying to me. I don't know who it is. I know they're against me, and I never find out who it is without partnering up with other people in this group and deciding who to kill (laughs) to save ourselves. But at the same time, the people you're partnering with, you don't know if they're the werewolf or not. Hmm. Okay, So it's a game of accusation, lying, bluffing, second-guessing, and uh, it gets a lot of different group dynamics uh, in, in the works here uh, throughout, the, throughout the game.
1: All right, so maybe maybe we should explain the game a little bit before
2: we go any further.
1: Tomorrow sure. night,
0: beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people.
1: The moderator begins by handing players a card that indicate their role, a villager, a seer, or a werewolf. Mm. And then with all the cards distributed... Each player announces their role in the village. And everyone says the same thing. Hi, I am so-and-so, and and I am a villager.
2: Hi, I'm Aaron, and I am a villager. Give me a keg of beer.
1: Now, some people are lying. A bunch of them are werewolves. But they are not going to admit that because we, the villagers, want to kill them. Hmm. That is the werewolves before they kill us. Right. All right. So this is, I guess, the background. And since you've played it, I'll let you continue with
2: Well, I haven't played it. <laughs> oh, you haven't played it. <laughs> I just either. find it interesting. So I, I actually think it would be a great game. I am actually think I'm going to purchase it for um, one of my teams at work. to as a bit of a team building. It's actually... Considered just a parlor game, you know, or party game. Like somebody might do well, the popular one that I, I play when I have friends over is uh, uh, cards against humanity. Hmm. Have I, you? I haven't played that. You know, I'm, I think maybe
1: I'm, my group is the boring group. We end up playing taboo all the time. Yeah, <laughs>
2: you are a boring. You're like you're like the family friendly group. Yes, cards against humanity is not family friendly. We even bought a family friendly version. Okay. Um, to play with my kids, it's called Cards for the Masses. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? If you have dirty minds in the group, it's no longer family friendly. Anyway, right. back to this game. It's it's a, it, it can just be a fun game between friends where you're actually purposefully in the game and you have to purposefully lie and you're, and you're trying to trying to control your nonverbal cues and your body language and because you don't want to be killed. You don't want to be outed as the werewolf, especially if you're not the werewolf. And then you get put on the defensive, so it's just this entire improvisation between you and your friends. So that I think that would make also a good team building. It wouldn't take very long, say, if you were engaging with a new team. One way to get to know each other, get to know each other's little quirks. Um, but also on the flip side, if you ever find you do need to control your nonverbal cues and your body language, which is something I suffer from, uh, when I hear something I just don't agree with, <laughs> and I'm in a meeting with leaders, um, my body language gives gives me away. You know, if I'm especially if I'm aggravated. Interesting. So uh, it could help me with my poker face. Hmm. Maybe you should just play poker.
1: You don't need to play werewolf for that.
2: <laughs> this sounds like it'll be a little bit more uh iter- interactive. I don't know, I've not tried it, but I want to give it a shot. All right, let's give it let's see let's see how this is now. All right. So, uh the game begins. The moderator then announces that it's nighttime and all players close their eyes. The two things that werewolves are afraid of are obviously cows and zombies. So, all the players make one of two sounds either brains or moo.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and all these do is the cover what goes on at night so the the werewolves awaken and pick a villager to kill
1: so here's a question right and maybe i don't know since you don't know the answer because you haven't played it maybe it's true but when the does the moderator know who is playing who
2: yeah see the the, the moderator is sort of a just a bystander you know okay. they are the the dungeon master i don't know if you've even played dungeons and dragons no. have you no okay no. So it's basically the person facilitating. Okay. So they tell everybody, hey, everybody close your eyes. Werewolf, open your eyes. The werewolves open their eyes while the villagers' eyes are all closed. Werewolves say, all right, we're going to kill that villager. They all point to that villager. Then everybody closes their eyes again. And then the seer opens his eyes and sees. So the seer also knows who the werewolves are and knows who the village the villager who's going to kill, get killed is. Okay. And then they go through, they kill the villager, the villager is not allowed to speak, and then the rest of it, everybody opens their eyes and said, okay, who's the werewolf? And they have to figure out who of the I'm group they're going to kill off, hoping that it's the, the werewolf.
1: So at nighttime, basically, the werewolves pick a villager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the daytime... Basically, it's a discussion among the villagers to pick
2: who they think might be a werewolf. Right. So it's kind of like a game of, uh, or it's kind of like Survivor, right? Or yep. uh, Hunger Games in a way. But,
1: but where I'm losing this is, how can you prevent a villager from squinting or doing something in the in the night when the werewolves are discussing or pointing at something?
2: Uh, I guess that's just an honor system, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Come on. So that's where that threw me off. I mean, I was like, if you're blindfolded or if you're asking if you turn around or do something, then I guess it's a little easier, but the honor
2: system part makes it harder. But anyway, all right. All right, uh, let's continue. I digress. There, 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 should be, there should be a way to make sure people don't peek, right? Mm-hmm, I think yep. the harder part is the nonverbal cues, in my opinion, the nonverbal cues of the werewolf not giving themselves away. I, I find that would probably be the hardest part because I think people start to... Behave differently if they know it's them. But I, I would think it's so much easier. You, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's lying. <laughs> it's a poker game. It is lying. It's a game. Yeah. It's a, and that's that's why he loves this so much. He actually says people lie. Some are evil. Others just want to screw you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what does what he? What does he say? He's like basically says what? Else, where else can you play a game where you can safely just lie? and mm-hmm. that's what you have to do right it's yep. a game of distrust but you have to decide who to trust and then t- to figure out how somebody is lying so mm-hmm. if you're if you're good at this it could be because somebody's bad at lying or it could be that you're good at picking up on somebody else's uh, cues if they start if they if they behave differently than they normally would hmm. okay so could you imagine just after a couple games of this going back into the boardroom and say okay who is lying in this room? Who is not acting consistent the with the way they normally would, right?
1: I don't know. I think it's hard, but sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it.
2: So he says, I love Werewolf because it's a game where you can safely learn how to deal with the worst people you're going to meet in the most dangerous scenarios possible. Hmm. It's. He admits that he's being a bit sensational because he's, you know, he, and I, actually I, in this situation choose to be the optimist, right? Uh, I choose to assume that nobody's lying in any of my project meetings. And I don't want to call it lying, but hidden agendas, for sure, people have hidden agendas. And and like you, I don't really find out until kind of late.
1: Yeah, but you know, I mean, I'm not looking out. I mean, that's the one thing, right? And maybe it's something I have to change myself. I'm not, I'm hoping everybody's coming here with the best intentions and nobody's coming in with an agenda or something different in the most cases. Or I'm just, unaware because I wasn't in the big decision on in selecting this project so I'm assuming that this is a priority for the business and that's Mm. why we're doing this
2: right so you know when the hidden agenda it gives it that term gives it makes it sound a little bit more sinister than it actually is but in my opinion I guess we just call it different agendas or unspoken agendas maybe is a better one where you're coming in, you think everybody's on the same page, and then later down the line you realize, hmm, I don't really have this person along. They're just going along with it because they think they have to. Hmm. And I don't know what their real intention is with this thing. Got it. uh, So I'm going to read some more. In the real world, I have a long-standing policy of optimism. I assume we're a team working collectively to do the right thing. As a strategy, optimism has served me well. But here's the bad news. People can vary from being poor communicators to being outright liars. Politics and process often screw up people's value systems beyond recognition, and evil things happen, sometimes randomly. So I I think I'll agree. I don't know about the evil things, but um, I'll agree that communication is a barrier, and what might look like... Um, a werewolf could just be somebody who didn't communicate well, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. Are an and politics, I, 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 politics and process screw up people's value systems beyond recognition. I don't want to believe this, but I got to tell you, I do. I really do. Yeah,
1: see, but, but I think that's where I debate, right? I don't think it's the politics and process that screw up people's value system. I think their value systems are screwed in general, and politics just is something they're doing in order to aid that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Wait, yeah. wait. I think uh, – I don't know if politics and process. I'll say metrics. Metrics screw up people's value system because they'll sure. do what's good for them at the expense of the but bigger not necessary. Not necessary, right? Because again, that's where the debate
1: is, right? If they truly understand the value of it, then that means that they don't care, which in my opinion, then their value system is messed up anyway you know it's like your it's like your personal ethics right how do you do certain things Uh, there are some people who are willing to bend it and that's just how they're made Mm -hmm. and the others are like no this is the only way i'll do it because this is what i believe in and i don't think it's politics or i don't think it's metrics that's changing them that's just how they're wired so i don't think it's their values that's changing it's that is their value
2: (laughs) so basically you're assuming there's a larger number of unethical people than than this author is assuming.
1: I'm not saying about unethical, right? I'm just saying that that's how I'm wired. Like, I'm wired in the way to say that, hey, my job is to make sure that I don't care whether my seniors are saying the right thing or whatever it is. My job is to just follow their orders Mm -hmm. without challenging them. Mm -hmm. And that's just their values. Whereas somebody else's value might be that I don't care whether this person is the CEO or the president, but if i see that something that's not being done the right way i'm going to challenge it and i'm going to make sure that my opinion is heard that's that person's value i don't care what the president is saying or i don't care what the ceo is saying i'm going to do what i think is right and i'm going to share my opinion right i see that as a value and maybe maybe i'm thinking about it wrong
2: hmm. um what's interesting is that what you described would be a positive value system right or one that is appreciated well except for the not caring but yeah, it, willing, I mean, not, willing to yeah. speak up, right? But yeah. so you're communicating, and your agenda, per se, is not hidden. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is saying, hey, people are inherently good, but in these particular Scenarios. systems, they will do bad things, even though they're good people. Well,
1: oh, because they're okay. I see what you're saying their behaviors are being influenced by the principles or values that the company is putting in front of them.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. And and we've talked about metrics before, right? And the, yes. the Cobra effect and how that makes us, if we're incentivized to do the wrong thing, sometimes people will, most of the time, people do will the do thing. the wrong thing yep. that puts more money in their pockets or it gets them to avoid pain of whatever it is. Totally. At the expense of something else, you know, dueling metrics and, and things like that. So one thing I did, you know, I, if I if I take this and I go back, we we talked about stakeholder communication many times, and and if anybody wants to go back, I think I think that's like episode twenty five where we we did stakeholder analysis and communication and the lucid stakeholders of the different dynamics there. Mm-hmm. As I went through this, I came to the end of this article, and uh, I, I put a little note in, in here. Let's see, what does it say? It's a school of people dynamics, improvisation, intellectual combat, and just a few short hours of game play. You, realis- you realistically experience some of the worst meeting scenarios imaginable. And he says, In reality, most meetings aren't high-pressure survival of the fittest lynch fests. Many meetings are well-structured affairs that hardly, drop of bl- hardly a drop of blood is spilled. But each time you speak in a meeting, you get a moment in the spotlight to demonstrate that, yes... You understand what's going on and you are clear about the rules of this particular game and you're in it to win now I don't know if it was that sentence but thinking back when I was in the group of directors and I essentially got lynched I got lynched within a group of directors and I just took a step back today (laughs) and this was what eight years ago where I was like crap I was the werewolf and I didn't even know it uh, so in, in their mind, they were the villagers, I was the werewolf, I came with a, quote, hidden agenda when I unfurled some information that I thought was basic and everybody should know it and have it because these are the metrics, These are the, this is the performance, and in my naivety, naivete, however you say it, even without a drink, um, <laughs> uh, I didn't know the politics behind the metrics, I didn't know how they reported the metrics before I came up with the report of that. You know, they were saying, yeah, everything's good. You know, we're better than 85%. And I said, well, no, that's not true. You are mostly 100% bad <laughs> on some of these areas. And uh, I, I pretty much got lynched and they asked me uh, to uh, go back because I didn't quite understand things very well. And, and I still stand by... I, uh, my assessment was true and it took many years to get there. But... Uh, i essentially alienated myself in that meeting and uh yeah i got lynched so in that situation even the werewolves don't know that they're the werewolf hmm. interesting so i think maybe that would be an interesting spin on the game maybe maybe the werewolf doesn't know they are a werewolf mm-hmm. anyway so you how about you how about you you take a step back and you realize you're the one that's being lynched mhm I can't think on top of my head. I, might have, I probably
1: didn't. I mean, I usually, you know, you can call it play to what the wind is blowing some most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's only when I am directly being impacted or affected is when I will probably be more confrontational. So I don't think so.
2: So I'm in this constant struggle of Give going back and forth. Between being the, the uh, werewolf worth, werewolf worth, ooh, that's tough. Werewolf worth lynching. And the non-confrontational, I'll go with what the villagers decide to do. I keep going mm-hmm. back and forth with that. So
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are, if I, if I think far enough on the different projects, I'm sure there'll be multiple scenarios which I can think of. I just can't come up with anything in my head now. Right. So I think, I think you know, this episode was main, at least for me, our learning of this game Werewolf, and now I have to go try it with somebody in some party, most likely. I don't know if I would do this as a, as a team-building exercise, like Aaron suggested, but it's definitely something like that. And the game's all about a couple of people, or everybody who is now trying to figure out who is the werewolf. So at the nighttime, all the werewolves get an opportunity to pick a villager they want to kill in the daytime. Everybody who claims they're a villager has to figure out among themselves who's the werewolf. And long story short, I think who, you know, which majority stays in the end ends up winning. I think that's the moral of the game. Uh, But I think... The more important part is the dynamics and the body language and how do you end up figuring out who to do what. And, you know, again, this is one of the games that I feel can be influenced by who's the loudest voice in the team mm-hmm. because or who is the biggest influencer. I'm sure that comes into play a lot in this game. You can see, again, if you're an observer or a moderator, you can see those things going on in the background and how different people get influenced with what. But interesting game. And I think the article over here that Michael Lopp, I hope I'm saying it right, um, is trying to highlight is this is potential in any project that you're doing you can always have different people who are coming in with different mindsets into a project team you just have to be careful and be aware on whether they have hidden agendas coming into the play or whether they are just there and point blank not necessarily helping you or doing something against you uh be conscious of that be aware of that and uh, prepare for it i guess all right anything else jacob no that's basically how i see it all right hey happy, happy halloween everyone Thanks, you too, and happy Halloween, everyone. See you, Aaron. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Did
0: you hear that?
1: What was it? A coyote. There aren't any coyotes in England. <coughs>
0: Listening to episode 187 of the E Success Methods podcast. Don't forget to click like or dislike for this episode in the show notes. Tap click done. If you have a question, comment, or advice, leave a note in the comments section or contact us directly. Feel free to email me, Aaron A A R O N at e success We reply to all messages. If you heard something you like, then share us with a friend or leave a review. Didn't like what you heard? Join our LinkedIn group and tell us why. Don't forget, you can find notes and graphics for all shows and more at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. If you're not climbing up, you're falling down.